0: Thank you for joining us today on Positively Charged Biz. We are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. We are a proud founding member of the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative, and you can check out more awesome podcasts at realdisrupt.com. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a positive and productive day. Today's show is going to give you some great ideas and strategies for creating and promoting your brand. Let's meet Alex Sanfilippo. He is the host of Creating a Brand, a top 20 entrepreneurship podcast, where he interviews successful leaders and experts on topics that matter to entrepreneurs who want to grow faster, both personally and professionally, while saving time and money in the process. Well, Alex, thank you for being here. And on Positively Charged Biz, we like to start at the beginning. So please tell us, why did you decide to start to actually focus in on helping entrepreneurs create and promote their personal brands?
1: Well, Laura, first off, thank you for having me, and thank you for saying my last name correctly. That's so rare. <laughs> That's, that doesn't happen very often. Um, I decided to start helping entrepreneurs in this space because I realized that there was a serious problem. It's not a natural skill that many of us have, right, it is being able to actually figure out how to brand ourselves and what we want to do, how to articulate that in a way that other people can understand and actually relate. So I saw the 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 issue and the need out there, and I knew that I wanted to offer a solution to it because me, for such a long time, I got really stuck not able to articulate what I thought I wanted to do and how to have a personal brand for myself, what that needed to look like, where I needed to focus. I didn't know those things. So I started getting coaching in those areas and I started just documenting more or less what I was doing along the way, figuring out, okay, here's here's what is working, here's what's not working. And as I figured it out, people started asking like, Alex, how, how are you doing that? What are you doing? And kind of everything flowed very organically from there. You know, I'm a very like strategic structure guy and things like that, but some things just happen organically. And this was one of those things that people just really wanted answers. And I just didn't see other solutions out there the way that people were with my type of personality, at least were looking for. So I started just offering uh, people solutions saying, Hey, this is, I want to be able to help. I want to help other people do this as well. And the main reason, the motivating factor behind all this was just because I want to help people go further. I want them to actually be able to fulfill their dreams. And so many of their dreams start with something like this, or really ignite with something like their personal brand and how they can actually position themselves be seen by the right people. So I focused out of a place of passion and just knowing that I could add value and help people from, from the journey I've learned along the way.
0: Well, that's awesome. And I love that. So I think if I was going to say, why are people kind of not sure about how to create a personal brand? I think it kind of starts with maybe you don't really know what you want to project. Like it almost seems to me like people don't even know internally what they want to project. And, you know, I do, a, I do a lot of work with especially women in the mortgage business, and I think it's even harder where women are even more afraid to project themselves because they're kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be taken the way that I want the world to see me. So how do you, Alex, get people to really come in tune with creating what they want to project to the world?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. The first place you have to start is internally. You have to start with yourself. You have to be able to answer those the question of what is it that I'm trying to do. And a lot of this just comes from the simple act of self-reflection. Take sitting down with a notepad, put your phone away, put your laptop away. For me, I live in Jackson, Florida. So I go to the beach mm-hmm. and I just take a, a pen and, and piece of paper. And I, I do this on a regular basis. Still, I sit down and say, all right, who does Alex in five years from now want to be? Or who does Alex in six months from now want to be? Like, if I'm going to start a company and I want to do it this year, at the end of the year, where do I want to be? What does this really look like? And I think that so many of us, we skip that piece of the puzzle and we just want to jump right into what we're doing. You know, like uh, I know a lot of people listening to this are in the mortgage industry. Like, okay, we want to do mortgage. So we're just going to jump right into, into lending. And they just jump right into it. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But if you don't really sit down and figure out your unique point of view, and what the ultimate goal for you is, like why you're doing it, it's really hard to build something out because you just kind of follow what everyone else is saying. You don't know what to say yes or no to. And it gets really confusing. And i found that for, for me, that was true for such a long time. Uh, I just jumped right in. But when I sat down and decided, you know what, I'm going to reflect, I'm going to really think about it and then get really clear with what I want to do. I like to say it's the why behind the what, right? We've all got what we're doing, but why we're doing it is going to be unique to each and every one of us.
0: Absolutely. And I I love that and totally agree. So you said a couple of things. Another thing that I've noticed, um, especially in my mortgage world here, I've noticed that people try to emulate other people. Okay. So they go online. All right. They're watching You know, I'm just picking a name. They're watching Bob the Mortgage Guy. So Bob the Mortgage Guy has this great presence. You know, he focuses in on helping veterans. Okay, that's his thing. Maybe Bob is a veteran himself. That's wonderful. That's great that Bob has said, my why is that I want to be the best VA originator to be able to guide veterans through purchasing their homes or knowing when it's a good time to refinance. And I'm going to brand myself as that. And that's wonderful. But the issue I see is I see a lot of people say, oh, well, Bob is successful doing that. So I'm just going to copy what he's doing. So What are your thoughts on that? You know, in terms of, again, don't just, don't just copy Bob or Jane or whatever they're doing. Try to really make it your own. And could that be, um, again, the veteran, the, the person that specializes in first time home buyers or, or maybe they want to zero in on their community. What do you recommend that they do in order to really fine tune and not worry about what's going on outside of that, because too many times I just see the same recycled marketing. You know, it's just everybody is kind of using the same memes and the same quotes and the same everything, and they're not truly embracing who they are.
1: Yeah, there's so much here that we could talk about for hours. So we're just going to do it. So um, to kind of start off, the first thing you mentioned, we'll we'll use that Bob example, Mm -hmm. who might be a veteran. If if he's doing really well in whatever that space is, whoever his ideal client is, it's probably because he has a really strong why because of it. More than likely, yeah, he's a veteran who had a really hard time figuring out how he was going to get into to acclimated to like private sector life, you know, just being Mm -hmm. a civilian, probably really struggle with it. So he relates to people. And that's probably not your space. And here's the thing, he probably has that that really strong why honed in, figured out. And he's not looking at competition. He's not like, well, man, Jane sure is doing well. And, you know, she's talking to, to people that are that are golfers, you know, like she's in, in golf communities. Maybe I need to go do that. It's probably not happening. More than likely, he said, this is who I serve because that, that was me at one point. I want to serve those people. And I think a lot of us, we fear though, like, you know, you're hearing me and you're saying, okay, Alex, that sounds great. But like, I don't really have a thing like that. I wasn't in the military. I don't live in, uh, you know, a, a golf community. But at the end of the day, you have a unique perspective and a niche that you can focus on that there are plenty of people in, plenty of people that would love to, to be able to communicate with you and even work with you because they're going to relate to you better than they relate to the Bobs of the world or whoever else it might be.
0: Totally agree. Absolutely. Okay. And And another question for you, from what I've been told by by some marketing experts is that you also you know before we jumped on the call, Alex, we were joking that yeah, there's not a lot of sexiness in the mortgage business, and that is a running <laughs> joke in our industry. Um, so people say, all right, no one wants to see a post about today's rate is right. X. There's no no one really cares, you know, that today's rate is X. But what they do care about. Is they do care about connecting with Alex or connecting with Laura and having that authentic bond to feel? You know what? I've been watching Alex post, you know, things with his dog. Right? His dog does tricks, and Alex posts videos or or different things about his dog, and he's really enjoying. And you know what? I'm connecting with Alex because I have a dog and I love dogs, and I I get so much out of it. But in that post. With the dog, maybe you are speaking about we have record low interest rates right now and you know you would like to be able to offer that to them. So do you recommend also kind of taking a piece of your personality or taking a piece of you and kind of using that as your brand even regardless of what industry you're in?
1: 100%. The world is moving completely to to this model. You'll even see some of the big brands catching on with this now you know, five, 10 years ago, big brands, they used to share advertisements that were very unrealistic. Like there was no connection there. It was just like, oh, that was a great advertisement. You know, that's the only thing that made you feel like, oh, great, good job. That was really big production. Well done. But a lot of even these big brands, they're moving into, it's someone doing a selfie video. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to feel more, more human. They're not quite grasping it yet, you know, but they're, they're working toward it. And there's a reason for that because they're realizing more than ever, the world is, is connected. I mean, we are globally connected. Laura, you could be on any continent, anywhere in the world right now. We yeah. could probably solve the same conversation, right? We are more connected than ever before, but we're more lonely than we've ever been. Right. People are looking for some form of true connection to grab onto. So the human to human element is something that people look for when they even want to do business. They want to feel like I'm a human. Am I working with a human or am I working with just another machine, right? People want to feel that connection. So doing a video with your dog and stuff like that having a good time with, with your business and involving all of that really, again, makes people relate to you. There might be some people that have been thinking about getting, you know, they've been thinking about buying a house or thinking about the mortgage side of things. And they're like, Oh, I have, I have a dog too. My dog does tricks like that too. They're now going to remember me if I'm the one doing that. Right. And I do think it's important that you, you mention business within it, but not every post because you want people to feel like they can be involved with you. And every now and then like mortgage rates are the, literally the lowest they've ever been. You know we are talking about that offline. They're the lowest they've ever been in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you can do a post about it every once in a while. Be like, hey, if anyone's looking for a place, I do recommend it. Now, you know, me and Sparky over here, yeah, like, we recommend it. You know, like we recommend it because it's the lowest. Or it's we could have
0: Sparky with the doghouse, and you know, Sparky <laughs> could be getting the doghouse. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you could have fun with it. I guess is the point. You definitely can. Is that can. it doesn't have to be so dry? It doesn't have to be an interest rate, and the APR is this. I mean, people. If anything that that scares people, right? All of a sudden, when you're putting interest rates and you're putting the the APR in there, all of a sudden people are kind of like backing off, going, "Oh, now I'm now I'm nervous. Now I'm a little apprehensive about this." But when Sparky's doing the trick, you know, and you're connecting it to, it, all of a sudden, you're like, "You know what? I've been cooped up in my one bedroom apartment during COVID, and maybe I want." a home with a backyard so that I can go outside with my dog? You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're connecting. All of a sudden you're personal, right? So you would highly recommend going in that direction, right?
1: I, I would completely. And I, I think that many of us get scared of that though because we think that, oh, that's not really gonna, the masses aren't gonna find that interesting. And that might be true, but at the end of the day, you're not here for the masses or you shouldn't be. You should be here for the one person that you help today. Actually it reminds me, Laura, you had a, an episode it was a few ago, I don't know when this is going live. So it was maybe a while ago, even, but with Jeff Brown. Yes. And he spoke about, about how he, he always thinks about the one person and everything that he does. And there's something I always say that I live to do for one what I wish I could do for all. I live to for to do for one what I wish I could do for all. I want to help everybody on earth. I really do. And I'd love that opportunity. But at the end of the day, I can help one person at a time, right? If we're really human to human, I think that so many of us we have to lose this mindset of it's gotta be interesting the masses and be able to go viral. Really, it's got to be able to help the person who needs you today, who might be looking for what you have to offer. And yeah, using that inside language, which I'm calling like APR and all that stuff, that's inside language. To most mm-hmm. people, they're like, I don't remember what that means. Somebody <laughs> explained it to me once. But really, if you just say they're at all time low, I'm here for you if you need me, that is more than enough. And just because it doesn't pertain to everybody or seem interesting to everybody, if it's your tribe, the people that can relate to you, that has got more benefit than anything else.
0: Right, absolutely. Okay, so I mentioned this is during COVID and all kinds of, the world is very different than it was, okay? (laughs) Yes, it is. But I personally think, I mean, from my standpoint, I would have to believe more people are on social media and more people are online, right? Because people are looking to connect, like you said, right? People are looking to connect and they're looking for content. You know, the shows, are there's not a lot of new stuff on. You know, we've already looked at everything on Netflix. We've already tried to to go out and, and do all these searches. So... What do you think about this time in our lives where we are consuming content so much more? You know, what is your recommendation in terms of, you know, do we wait? Do we jump in? How hard do we jump into it? You know, where is that opportunity at this point in time?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's never been a better time to be online. There really has never been a better time. Uh, when this whole thing started, social media usage jumped by like 30 some odd percent, Instagram being one of the big ones, TikTok, obviously. Mm-hmm. But initially, we had a, a dip in LinkedIn, but now LinkedIn is also spiked to an all-time high. So I mean, everything, it's not just certain platforms, it's all of them have really done very well because again, people are hungry for what they're now missing that they used to get in person. They, they want to see something human. And uh, I think that it's a great reminder that now more than ever as well, the other opportunity is it doesn't have to be as polished as it used to have yeah. to be. People used to fight for, okay, what looks the best? Like, I like to follow this account because everything is so nice and so pretty. Now people just want to see human. You know, you can take a picture of your trash and people might find it interesting. because, like, oh, look, they have trash too. You know, like people want to feel like they're involved with other humans. And I know I keep on repeating myself with that, but now is the best time that you've ever had to get out there and produce content. And I don't think that you need to go the model of just throw as much out there as you possibly can. Make sure that you put some thought into it. Think about it. um, Use the analytics at all these different, social media platforms now have built in, you can look to see when your audience is online. I mean, you can actually check and it'll show you. It's not really difficult to read. It'll tell you, hey, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays is when the majority of your people online post then. Start with once a week. Do something that's really going to add value. Don't just do it to be, to be in the game, if you will. Right? right. I think a lot of us, we get into this, this thing where, you know, we'll go back to that Bob example, like where he's, he's helping veterans. If he's been doing this for a while, what we end up doing, many of us, when we're first getting started with our personal brand is we'll look at somebody else who's doing it really well mm-hmm. and we'll compare ourselves to that and say, okay, I've got to have that level of content and like just my speech has to be that smooth and that good. And what we're doing is we're comparing our day one to someone else's year 20. Mm-hmm. But Here's the thing. If you go back to the first time that person posted something, it's not going to be much better than what you're going to do. And I think that many of us, we get stuck with that. And for me, in the space that I'm in, people look at Nike they look at Amazon, they look at Apple, and they look at those websites, they look at their social media, and they're like, I can't do this. It's going to take me years to build content like that. And the truth is, you don't need that when you get started. What you need to do is go out to to solve a need that somebody has that is going to relate to you, because no one's going to relate to everybody. And people need you, the real version of you, not the fake version of you or somebody else. Uh, You're the best you, and it's best just to be that person. 100%
0: totally agree okay so the next thing is ripping off this band-aid so everybody knows that they should be out there they should be the best you they should be their authentic self they should be producing video they should be doing podcasts they should have their own podcast they should have a blog so we know we all should be doing and and honestly Alex I'm proud to say I actually have all those things so good for you nice work (laughs) I actually have all those all right but That is something that every day I hear people say, I don't have time, I don't know where to start, I don't know what the topic is, I'm not really sure how I can consistently produce it, all those things, which we all know we can all come up with reasons why, all of us, right? So where do do people begin? How do they get over a lot of things, right? How do they, number one, get over the fear of being on a camera and, and being comfortable with whoever they are, right? So there's one. And then the consistency, because if you go back to Jeff Brown's episode, I had asked him, what's the number one recommendation when you have a podcast? And he said, keep doing it. He said, have, and I actually, I actually know the stats on this. So there's over a million podcasts globally, but there's only 500,000 with more than seven episodes. So think of how many people give up and stop. So it's not even just the getting started. It's keeping it going and being dedicated to actually having that consistency. So number one, do you recommend having all of it? Where do you recommend people start? How do you get over that anxiety of that day one, like you said? So how do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, these are. I I love this conversation. By the way, I'm having fun. I would listen to this, and I will (laughs) when it comes out. I
0: hope so, Alex. (laughs) I
1: I will. Um, The the first thing I'm going to mention is the the whole everything conversation. It's great to work into everything, and I I agree with that. I have a I have a podcast, have YouTube that's kind of active. You know, have like I have a lot of different things that I'm doing, but I I start off with one. Okay. And there's a reason for that. There's actually something that Robert Kiyosaki says that I absolutely love. He says the word focus and he, he breaks out to follow one course until successful. There you go. Follow one course until successful. So for what that means for people is wherever you need to start, figure out where that is and get started there. If you already have a platform that you love, start there. Give that a shot and say that you you know devote the time, the consistency to it is so important. I do recommend for just to, to gauge how well it's working is if you don't have a website, at least get a landing page. You can go to something like a uh, mailerlight.com or mailchimp.com. And that's an email service, but basically you can make a free landing page with it. People can sign up for a newsletter to get an ebook or some, something that you have available that you're going to help them with, or to get today's mortgage rates, you know, whatever it might be, anything like that, something very simple, but it will let you gauge if people are actually doing something with your content. So having something like that and starting with one place. So for me, I did have to learn this the hard way though. I, I, Instagram's fun. I enjoy it. So I start with Instagram. But when I went to my website and looked at the analytics and where people were actually coming from, and this isn't a deep dive. I mean, I just used the, the standard WordPress analytics. I didn't go to, to Google Analytics or anything fancy. I just looked at the very basic ones and I saw the mass majority of my profit, my people that were coming from social media were coming from LinkedIn. So I had to have a, you know, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, (laughs) you know, and I had to wait a minute,
0: I'm supposed to be on Instagram over here. (laughs) This is where I should be. Okay.
1: Yeah. So what I did is I just evaluated that. And actually, I decided, you know what, we're going to put Instagram on on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So it still gets content that gets pushed to it. But I devote the mass majority of my time on LinkedIn now, Mm because that's where the people that are my tribe, that's where they hang out. That's where they spend their time. So I will spend most of my time there as well. So knowing that stuff is so important. And then just, if you, if you try to bite off everything at one time, if you start a podcast. If you start a YouTube channel, you start Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, everything, you are never going to get anything done. That's why I say follow one course until successful. Stay focused on the one thing that matters the most, where your audience and tribe is really coming from. So, so important. And the consistency thing, I've had a podcast for a year. I think we're actually about the same amount of time. So, congratulations to you for hitting one year. And I'm, you I'm right too. there with you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. Um, the big piece of advice, it's same thing people gave me. They're like, just keep on doing it. Yeah. They're like, everyone will stop that you. Everyone you know who starts the same day as yep. you, aside from Laura, <laughs> will stop, and it'll just be a few of you left. And the tr- the truth is, my my stats have grown so yeah. much in the last few months when I'm getting close to a year. Me too. Like like doubled. Yeah. And pe- people are like, how is that happening? I'm like, I'm being consistent. Yes. I didn't give up after three episodes when no one was watching. And it's going to feel that way. Even if you get started on social media or on your own website, it's going to feel like a ghost town for a little bit. You and your mom are going to be the ones that are looking (laughs) at everything, but eventually people will grab onto the consistency that you have. Something that Jim Collins says, he talks about how so many entrepreneurs and people in the world, they have what he calls chronic inconsistency. And he says, it's really becoming something that's just crippling people. So if you can commit to yourself that, Hey, this is my tribe. This is where I'm going to focus. And I'm going to do this for 12 months. And if you can do that, I promise you, you will see traction in the end of it if you actually show up consistently like your audience is needing you to.
0: Absolutely. All right. So one thing you skipped over was how do you get over Uh-oh. the fear of the video? You have to give the all, secret on that one.
1: <laughs> I tried to remember all of it. I'm so sorry. You did thank very
0: you for, well, except for that one. <laughs> thank you for
1: bringing it back, though. Thank you. Uh, some hosts would just skip it and just move on. I'm glad you didn't, though. Um, this, was, this is one that actually had. I had extreme fear over this. The first time I got in front of a camera, I was sweating. I mean, and I had spoken in front of people. That's the thing. And that didn't bother me. But something about a camera freaked me out. I think it was the fact that I could tell the most emotional, heartwarming story or most hilarious joke ever. And the camera doesn't laugh at all or cry. Right. There's no emotion coming from this thing. So for me, it was very intimidating, more so than staying in front of a crowd of people. I know that if it's already freaking out, this isn't helping you at all. So but here's what I did. I I, I just started a painful practice. And what I mean by painful practice is you just have to start going for it. And what I did, because I was so uncomfortable with it, I knew that it wouldn't seem natural if I posted it. Is I took a full month before I ever posted anything. And every single day, I recorded a video of myself. Hmm. I did my best to, at first I was reading off of something and then I stopped. I said, okay, I'm going to yeah. remember the topic. I'm going to talk about it. So one to two minutes. I'd rewatch it. I take notes. Okay, Alex, he said, um, 300 times in one minute you know, and different things that like, like the words that we just kind of go to, I got rid of those. My eye contact was too much. It was weird. And then I wasn't making enough eye contact. I needed to use my hands, the different things I just evaluated. And I wasn't picking myself apart, but I was saying, all right, Alex, within one month, you need to get good at this and get confident. And the first time I posted a video online, people, people like, Emailed me, called me, I'm like, how how are you so good at this? I've never seen you do anything like this before. And it's because I took on the painful practice that I challenged myself with, which was for a full month with no one ever seeing me in the dark. I was videoing myself. And video really is the future. It might be uncomfortable yeah. for some people, but you've got to just begin enduring the painful practice and go for it. And don't take forever. You can't say, I'm going to do this for two years and I'm going to post something. A month was too long, if I'm going to be honest. The best thing you can do is be pull it out and just tell people the first time and be like, you know what? I'm nervous. Uh, this is uncomfortable, I know that I want to do this. And and just go for it is really the best thing that you can do. But that was my journey with video. So I'm, I'm glad I got to talk about that, actually. I've never gotten to explain that before.
0: <laughs> I, I like that journey. And I think that's a really good recommendation. You know, uh, it's funny, I, there's an associate of mine that, you know, we've had this conversation. And he says to me, Laura, it's really funny. People say, I can't stand seeing myself on video. You know, I pick apart this or I pick apart that. But that's who you are. Like, that's who you are if you were sitting across from someone, you were having this conversation, you look the same, you sound the same, you do the same gestures. So does that just mean you don't like yourself at all? No, of course not. So kind of mentally get over it. I love your idea about practicing it before you're actually ready to post because I think that gets that comfort level out. But... It's here to stay, obviously. It's not going away. It's only going to continue to grow. And especially with people not seeing each other face-to-face as much, it's a great way to express yourself. It's a great way for people to feel your personality, to connect with you, and know that you are the best person for whatever their business needs are. Right. I mean, that's how you you kind of have your calling card out there. So I love that. So I know one of your questions. what you know, when we speak about the blog, you actually have something on there of how do you get your blog noticed or how do you get it out to the masses? What is the recommendation on that?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is, is share it in, in what you're doing. So if you're on social media, like, like we've been talking about, talk about it in a video, have one that is is strictly for that. So an example oh. of this, every, every week, something that I do when I release a podcast episode, I have a blog post that goes with it as well. And I'll always do a quick little, a little explanation of it. It's about maybe 30, 40 seconds. I just talk about it. Hey, here's the episode that came out. Here's where you can see the blog post. Here's why that you should, might be interested in this. Very, not sales pitchy, very easy, very quick. And then other than that, the next thing that you need to do is to, to get it noticed is, again, share it. Make sure that people are seeing it. That's the first thing. Because if you just hide it behind something and never talk about it, it's not going to happen. Um, the other thing is to do that consistently. So when I post a new blog post, I don't just share it one time. And I think that's actually a, r- a real problem that many of us have is we, we take time to make content and we just share it once. But if there's one thing that we can all tell about social media and sharing, no one's all, not everyone's going to see it on the first time or the second time or the third. Uh, something that i was doing for a while with one piece of content is i was sharing it six times before six times in 6 months before i'd finally like archive it for a little bit and i'll bring it back later but the thing is i just consistently got it out there for people so it was really important uh, to do the other thing is to make sure that what you're actually writing about or what you're talking about is something that is of interest to your industry right it's really important to make sure that it actually pertains to it so if you are like perfect example I, i've made plenty of mistakes with this before Um, a long time ago, I was actually writing with a blog that was really big on, it was a faith-based blog. So it was really big on that. And then one time I decided I'm going to do a leadership post about how to like motivate a team. And my blog posts were getting tens of thousands of views. And I wrote this one that was super proud of. So I I went from faith-based to like leadership, how to lead a team. And it was crickets. Like some of my posts had like dozens and hundreds of comments. This one had nothing because the thing is it was so different and my audience isn't receptive to that. It's not what they're looking for. So it's a really important thing to do is to make sure that you're actually talking about something that people are interested in. And, and a very simple way to do this, if you actually want to look at analytics, one, know your audience like you really got to know them. But uh, two is you can go to Google.com/trends and you can type in what you're thinking and it'll tell you globally, locally, whatever you're looking for, if people are actually searching for that. Hmm. So it's really interesting. You can actually it's a very simple practice. You don't need a login or anything. Google.com/trends it'll tell you what's going on around you and if the topic's gonna be hot or not. So an example of how I use this is I have a podcast episode with a guest coming out about friendship and I'm bringing out the last week of July. And historically speaking, if you go to Google trends, look at the last five years, Friendship spikes at the end of every July into the beginning of every August. I don't I don't know why. I was going to say
0: why? <laughs> why. No clue. Is that? Actually, okay. you know
1: what? Friendship day is July 30th. I don't know if that's every year. I never heard of it. But I've
0: actually never heard of friendship day. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: thought, I thought every day was friendship day, but <laughs> apparently not. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a big spike. So I knew that, okay, if I'm going to write or talk about friendship on a podcast and write a blog post about it, I'm going to do it when people are looking for it. So that's a very easy way to start driving traffic to a brand new website that doesn't have maybe rankings in the search engine, but people are looking for it. When you share it, everyone's already thinking about that because so many people are looking for it and talking about it on their social medias and things like that. People will be interested and click it. And that's a really, another really important point on that.
0: I like that tip. That's a really good tip. What about the, the value of hashtags? I mean, do you find that they're very valuable you should make sure that you include them in your posts? Um, what's your thoughts on that?
1: If you use the right ones. Right. On on all and it's the same on all across the board now. It, it has to be the right ones. Actually, Facebook. I don't know if their hashtags do no. anything, but um. So anywhere like if you're using LinkedIn yeah. or or Instagram, both of those are really strong with this. But I think that a lot of people. Let's use your industry as an example. You want to use hashtag mortgage. Yep. That is not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I mean maybe a little bit, but it might not even be real because people that are looking for, yeah. for something like a mortgage, they're not just going to. That's one word. You wanted to get it very focused. So you want to find a hashtag that actually really relates to, again, the niche that you're in, like veteran mortgage, right, mortgage right. for veterans. Like that right. type of thing is far smaller. There's less people searching for it, but the people that are searching for it are actually searching for it. Hmm. Um, I, I had a friend and he was really big trying to, trying to get his like, influence out on, on moving from one platform to another. So when he got on Instagram, he started using like hashtag love and hashtag friendship. And he's like, I got spammed all over the place. Right. That's because that's where all the spam people go because they are the big popular ones. You want to find the ones that are really narrow focused and that are actually what your video is about. The idea is to help or, or post, whatever it right. might be, you know, picture or video. You want to do your best to explain the actual topic with a hashtag. That's the idea of it. And the more narrow focus you can get, the better. Obviously, do a little bit of looking around. If it has no, no one's ever looked at before, yeah. too small. You want to find something in between though. And yeah, so I think they're very, they're relevant. They're, they work. You just have to use them correctly.
0: Okay. And, you know, one thing that that I've learned about social media is the amount of observers, right? It's one of those things that it's such an interesting thing, because everybody's always trying to get these numbers. But it's fascinating to me that most people, they're observers, they're not people that engage within there. So I mean, I know for myself, just engaging in other people's posts can help you, right? So what are your thoughts on that in terms of, you know, coming out of this, I'm just going to observe social media?
1: Yeah, it's so powerful. I think that if you're just observing, you're you're losing a big opportunity. You're really missing out on it. You're not taking advantage of, of something. First off, it shows that you're human. Um, which is nice. Again, people, they're watching videos and seeing pictures. You can, you can be human all you want, but it can still seem one dimensional until you actually engage with something. Mm -hmm. And so something that I do on a regular basis is if I find a piece of content useful, I will take the day to share that piece of content instead of something of my own. And a lot of people are like, oh man, you're promoting somebody else. But the truth is, it's actually showing my audience, oh, Alex actually really cares about what he's talking about. Like he doesn't just care about himself and what he has. And so like a couple of days ago, I had a conversation with a guy, did some coaching and, and I had a great conversation and I posted that afterwards. I tagged him. I tagged something recent that he had done. He'd been featured on, on, uh, Yahoo finance. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, look, at, he, here's a picture of him. He got uh, featured. I just had a great conversation with him. Be sure to check this guy out. He's really cool. And that type of thing, people actually reach out to me like, that was really cool that you did that. Like, cause it showed an extra element of who I am instead of me just scrolling past everything and, yep. and saying, okay, I'm going to post next time. Or, you know, I have to prepare for tomorrow. And then also with your comments are kind of similar than that. A lot of people just want to hit the the like button, which I was guilty of for a really long time until I realized it's a huge opportunity. If somebody says, love this picture, love this video, I really relate to this. Start a conversation if you can. Because again, that's what builds the community feel and makes it actually feel more than just one dimensional. So both those things really important to do. But yeah, if you're just observing, the the best thing you can do is engage. I mean, we, we waste so many hours every day of our lives on social media, just looking And yeah, you can have some time to do that. But really, when you're on there, if you can be intentional, you'll actually be able to grow your personal brand versus just being on there killing time.
0: Yes. And I think it's very important. I like your recommendation about sharing other people, because I think. I almost think that makes you look better. I honestly it does, yeah. think it spotlights you more than if you're speaking about something about yourself because it shows, it shows you as a human. It humanizes you. So I actually think that's almost more valuable. I also want to go back to one thing that you had said earlier because it just came to my mind. When you spoke about you know, you sometimes you take the same content and you you re-share it, right? And and I I have to tell you, I struggle with that. That I kind of am under this presence of I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm always going to have fresh content. But I know that that's the wrong thinking. But how do you do it if it's what if it's time sensitive? What if it's something that happened, you know, two months ago? Um, you can't really reapply that. Four months down the road, because it's like, wait a minute, didn't that happen four months ago? Like, you can't, you can't reshare that. So, what is there a time limit on resharing?
1: Yeah, I mean, some content's evergreen and some isn't. Right. There's some content I love to reshare, but mm-hmm. you you just can't if it's the wrong time. But for me, it's all about creativity when I'm doing this. So I say reshare content. I it should be I should probably say repurpose content because right. basically I'll share the same thing, but I'm going to say it very different. So an example, one way I do this is with my my podcast is if I post about it on Tuesday, that's when it comes out. If I notice it's getting a lot of buzz and people are saying some things about it on Thursday, I will post it again. we will say, thank you okay. so much, everybody, for all the love on this. I really appreciate the fact that you've been willing to share this and, and just listening to it. The feedback has been incredible. I'll say something like that. And then more people are like, oh, okay, maybe I should look at that too. And then if somebody comments on it, says something interesting, it's great to also post that comment and be like, look what so-and-so said about this. This was hilarious. Or this was so fun. Like, and then it shows people like, oh, man, if I engage with Alex's stuff, he's probably going to share it. And that should not be the reason you do it. You don't do it to try to like build more momentum around it. You should have a place of like, hey, I'm building a community around what I'm doing. I'm offering real value. I want to make sure that people are heard or- and appreciate it with that. So yeah, you can kind of post some things over uh, even just a few days and just in different ways. That's Got the thing it. with repurposing and make sure you do it in a different way. But there's some content that's just just in time content, as I'll call it. Like if I if I posted a news article a few weeks ago or a few days ago, at this point, it's not relevant no. anymore. So I can't. But something that I, I want to challenge everybody with is try to make your content at, as often as you can evergreen or closer to evergreen, where you can share it multiple times and think about it that way. Um, one great way to do this is don't don't put like a date in the title or, or anything like that, where you're talking about like, you know, Friday, January 15th. You can't share that again, right? Because that was that was a while ago. If you can find a way to make it seem more like this will last a long time, and don't don't be afraid to go back and update things as well. But really, if you can find a way to reshare things, do it. But if it's if it's just in time content, you are gonna have to just move on to the next thing.
0: Okay, that's great. All right. Well, this has been extremely valuable. Extremely valuable. So before Good, before we get to how everybody can find you and connect to you and all of that. That one last piece of advice, Alex, Okay, the 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 challenge, the this is the one thing I need everyone to do. You know, if they do nothing else, what would it be?
1: Yeah, it's actually something that I want all the listeners to know about themselves. I know in this industry, you guys are up against big digital lenders now. Um, You guys have been not called the most sexy industry in the world. You know, there's a lot of things around it. I'm not trying to put it down put you guys down or anything like that. But I think that you really need to remember that each of you who's listening today, you guys have greatness and creativity within yourself. You truly have greatness and creativity within yourself. And what I mean by that is there's nobody above what you're doing. There's nobody in your industry that's greater than you are. You have this within yourself and you can find creative ways to share your greatness with the world. I believe that all of us as created beings, we are all made to be creators. And I want to challenge you to have a positive mindset about this. Like you need to be positive and know that, you know what? I can get out there. I can do this. I can make these things happen. We talked about today. I think that when you have that can do attitude with what you're doing, nothing can really stop you. You are going to be successful at some point or another. Stay consistent. Keep on going. And remember, you have that greatness and creativity within yourself.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, how can people connect to you? How can they find you? Please share that with everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the easiest way, I always just give out this phone number every time I'm on a podcast. But if you text the word CONNECT to one nine zero four 299 it'll send you to my podcast, my, my online community, which is free. Uh, for anyone who has questions or anything like that and wants to talk to me, that'll, that'll lead you there. If you don't want to do that, you can just go to creatingabrand.com. It'll have links to everything that I do. My social, all of it is right there, creatingabrand.com. And honestly, this was just an honor to be here today. I had an absolute blast. This was a good conversation.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, it was our pleasure, Alex. Thank you so much and all the best to you. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Positively Charged Biz. I'm
1: Laura Brandeo,
0: and we are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. If you have an inspiring story, please email me at laura at positivelycharged.biz. And remember to subscribe to hear more great guests and connect to us on Facebook at Positively Charged and Instagram at Positively Charged Podcast. Until next time, we wish you a positive day.